so my prayer, as I was uh, praying for today, my prayer is that this week has been miserable for you. Yeah, some of you are like, oh, now last week makes sense. <laughs> uh, I have prayed, literally, I have prayed that this week you have been hungry, that you had headaches, and that you were a little grouchy. Come on. Yeah, that's, my, that's been my prayer this week, literally. That's been my prayer, is that you've had a miserable week. Because if you've had a miserable week, that means you're fasting with us. And the fasting part's no fun. But the prayer part, that's pretty cool, right? It feeds our, our spirit. And our flesh is like, oh, I don't like this. Come on. I don't like this. This is not fun. <laughs> and so, if you have not been fasting, that was your wonderful commercial. Jump in. All right, start now, fasting with us, all right? We've got a couple weeks left of fasting, uh, and I really, really am saying, I know that may not have been the best sales pitch, come and be miserable and just see what God does. Come on, right? Yeah, I, I mean, we should be excited about that. As we are sacrificing the flesh to feed the Spirit of God in us. Amen. Oh, come on. More than Sam? Right? Right? It is so, so true. And the reason that I've prayed that is you prayed last week. All right? Last week you prayed this. As we were ending. Uh-oh. We're going to have to fix that. There you go. Uh, as we ended last week, you prayed this prayer. Holy Spirit, I want to be hungry. I give you me the next 21 days. Grow in me a renewed hunger for you. I open the door. Come in. Let's eat together. Let's hang out. Let's spend some time together. You prayed that, all right, as we were leaving last week. Last week, um, God's doing some cool stuff with last week's message. And you got to know, it definitely wasn't me. The Holy Spirit just was doing a work. Um, I encourage you, go back and listen to that. A couple of things that I just wanted to highlight from last week is that we talked more about last week why we're not hungry right? And uh, this week, we're going to talk about why should we fast? What, what, does, that, what does that look like? Well, um, last week, we said possibly why we're not hungry for the things of God, why we don't hunger and thirst for righteousness is maybe we're filling up on the wrong things. Maybe we're spoiling our appetites. Anybody go, yep, yep, I'm eating junk food and it's just satisfying just enough that I don't really, I'm not really hungry for it. Looks good, but I'm not really hungry for it. And maybe you're here today and the reason you're not hungry for the things of God is that, that you tasted it. You tasted what was labeled as God or what was labeled as Christianity, but it really wasn't good. And it left a bad taste in your mouth. And you're like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want that. That just doesn't look good. Um, I just don't really need that. Maybe you just don't know how good he is. So you're not hungry for him. You just don't know. You know? And we just, if we just don't know, we don't know. We don't know. And so we fill up on all these other stuff because we don't know how good he really is and how good it really tastes, you know? Or maybe you filled up on a counterfeit. And what was called religion. And it was boring. And you're like, eh, it was boring then. It's probably boring now. Can I just tell you? Being a follower of Jesus is anything but boring. Right. 
If you don't believe me, just read your Bible. Y'all know this? Y'all know that this? What is this? It's his word, right? Just read it. Because the lives of those that followed him, they were anything but boring. Amen? I mean, there was nothing about it that was boring. You read your Bible, you'll see there's battles and shipwrecks and floods and kingdoms rise and fall and there's miraculous things, there's supernatural things, there's love, there's romance. It's all there, right? All of that is there. It really is. It is not boring. It's really not boring if you walk with the author of the book, it's not boring. It's only boring if we fill up on other stuff. It really is. That's why he says, taste and see that the Lord is what? Everybody say, good. He is good. And I do believe, like that word that came, uh, I do believe that God is doing a new thing. Come on. He's doing a new thing. 2023 is going to be amazing. Spiritually, it's going to be amazing. I really, really, really believe that. I I believe that God is doing the miraculous this year. Maybe I just need to say that again. I believe God is doing the miraculous this year. I believe God is doing the miraculous this year. I, 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 come on, maybe you need to say it with me. Not just amen. Ready? Go. I believe God is doing the miraculous this year. Amen. Right? Yeah. Right? Because if you don't believe it, can I just tell you, you're going to be like that scripture we looked at last, last week. <laughs> He's doing a new thing, and you're like, but I don't see it. I don't see it. He said, can't you see it? And I really, really believe that this year we're going to experience healings and salvations like like we have not seen in a long time. Do you know that we went in the history of this church, we went about 13 years that three out of every four Sundays we were baptizing somebody. I believe he's going to show off more than ever. Come on. I believe that that healings and salvations and restorations. I I believe and I am praying that there's going to be a spiritual awakening this year in our county and beyond. Anybody want to pray that with me? I just believe it. I really, really, really do. I, I believe that God is saying, it's happening. I've already started. Open your eyes, get on board, and I really believe that fasting is a really big key to removing the scales of our culture so we can see what God is doing. Come on. And that's why I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Come on. Be a part. Everybody write this down because we're going to dig into it. Uh Uh-oh. That, that's not right. What? I, I hit the right button, I do believe. All right, write that down. Everybody got your notes? Write it down. Why fast? Look at somebody beside you and say, why fast? Why fast? Why in the world would I fast and pray together? Why? We're going to talk about that, and we're going to walk through some, a lot of scriptures, and I'm just going to highlight, I'm not digging out any of the things I'm going to share with you today. I'm just opening the door to answer the question, why not? You may need to dig out some of these, all right, because we don't have time to dig into all of them. If you looked at your notes, you're like, that's a lot of stuff, all right? We're going we're gonna to walk through why fast, and here's why, just as an introduction, I believe that, that fasting all through the scripture connected the physical to the supernatural. 
It connected in a way that I don't understand it. I just know that it's true. And I believe there are some things in your life and in my life that will not happen without fasting and prayer. I believe both. It's going to take both. I really, really believe that. That when, when we look at the scripture, fasting and prayer will move us from knowing who God is to experiencing who God is. How many of you know that's a big difference? Just knowing about him or experiencing who he is and his power. I believe we go from from hearing all the noise of the world around us to hearing the voice of the one that created the world. Amen. Let that soak in. That that's what happens when we fast and when we pray together. I, I believe that, that when we fast and when we pray, that, that there's bondages that we've carried for a long time that get broken. Amen. I really do. And I've personally seen those things happen. So I'm just going to give you some highlights. Are y'all ready? Yes. Are you really? Yes. All right. I got to know you're out there. Write this down. Fasting. Why fasting? Why fasting? Well, fasting really accelerates your prayers. It's like pushing a gas pedal on your prayers. You're like, what do you mean? All I know is every time in the 17 years of the history of this church, all I know is right after we've had a season of fasting and prayer where people got serious about it, where people literally fasted food, fasted social media, fasted the news, fasted all those other voices and focused on God. Right after that, we've always experienced the fastest, most powerful spiritual growth that we've ever seen. It's always happened right after the fast. Anybody want that? Amen. I do. I do. I want us to just hardly be able to contain what we see God doing. That we come in here and we literally just celebrate because the prayers are being accelerated. They speed up. I just know that that is true. So why fast? Well, it accelerates our prayers. Things happen faster. I don't get it, but I know it's true. And there's lots of scriptures to back that up. You can dig that one out on your own. Why fast? Because fasting humbles me. Everybody say that together. Ready, go. Fasting humbles me. Why do I want to be humbled? Well, because the scripture says that God resists. He pushes back on the proud. But he gives grace to the, to the humble. He pushes back. And fasting, it humbles me. Because fasting is an act. It's a physical act that says... God, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I need you. Because here's the thing. As long as we think we can do it on our own, he will let us. <laughs> Come on. Anybody know what's that, what that's like? When I think I can do it my own way, I got this. I don't need any help. <laughs> Anybody got the, you got the scars from that? Right? Right? You got, I mean, I get it. I get it. When we think we can do it on our own, he's just going to sit back and let us do it on our own. And when we do it on our own, we just get what we get. We do. We just get what we get. But when we fast, we are humbling our flesh, bringing our flesh under submission and going, God, I can't do this. And it's not just that I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to do it on my own. I don't want to carry that weight. Anybody else? I mean, that's why we got so much junk going on around us. It humbles me. It humbles me. 
I want you to look at this in James chapter 4. It says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble, everybody say this, humble yourself. <laughs> Do y'all know that humility is a choice? You're like, well, that person just has a humble disposition. Some people are just born more humble. That's a lie. We all selfish. Come on. We all born selfish. The first word a kid learns, and you don't have to teach it to them, is mine. Mine. You know? You don't have to teach that to them. You spend their whole life trying to teach them the opposite. <laughs> share, share, because none of us are naturally humble. That's why he says, humble yourself. The entire Bible is full of people that chose to be prideful, and they chose not to humble themselves, and God humbled them. That hurts a lot more. Come on. Humility is a choice, and it works against our pride. It is a choice. He says if we'll humble ourselves, then he will what? <laughs> when he lifts you up, you got a foundation to stand on. When I lift myself up with pride, guess what? They ain't much in hold, holding me. There's just not much there. But he says, if you'll choose to humble yourself, he will lift you up. I love this story. Um, and and it, it was uh, the prophet Ezra. Um, and uh, Ezra is a book a lot of people don't read very much in the Bible. But it's a pretty amazing story. But there's a part of it where, where Ezra... Um, has been given the opportunity to take all of the treasure that was stolen or seized by Nebuchadnezzar. Remember the, the king that built the big statue and all of that. All right, so he was this ungodly king, and he stole all the treasury from the temple of God. Now, you got to understand there was about $160 million in gold. $160 million in gold, about $15 million in silver, and so many other articles of, wor of worship that were used in worship to Jehovah, Yahweh, that, that it was like millions and millions of dollars on top of all that. So somewhere over $200 million worth of assets. And the king of Persia said, okay, Ezra, you can have it all back. Take it all back to Jerusalem where it belongs. 200 plus million dollars worth. And I want you to see this. It says... There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might, what? What are we talking about? Uh, everybody say, so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for safe journey for us and our children with all our, what? With all of these possessions, all this stuff. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from the enemy on the road because we had told the king the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. I'm going to go back right there. <laughs> he said, I was ashamed to ask the king. Now, here's how this plays out in Victor's mind. Okay? You got to get this. The king of Persia said, Ezra, you can have this $200 million worth of stuff. Take it back to where it belongs in Jerusalem. 
And the king's like, you understand, people do not live through that journey. The, the, the travel from Persia back there is filled with bandits, thieves, robbers. People, people don't, people die on that road every day. And if I give you this $200 million worth of stuff, you are a target, a big target. Don't you think you need some armed guards? I'll send some armed guards. I'll even send part of my army with you. And Ezra, in his excitement that he's going to get to take it back, he pops off and he says, No, king, we don't need you. Our God's got this. Our God's got this. We don't need your help. No problem. Then he walks away from the conversation with the king and goes, oh, Lord, I opened my mouth. Oh, man. And then he said, he said, God, and if you look at it, he goes on. He, said, he says, I, I, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. Because if you don't show up, we're all dead. I opened my mouth and told the king, eh, we don't need you. The gracious hand of our God has got this. <laughs> and then he's like, God, do you have this? God, I've got to fast, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to humble. I was a little prideful, and now I'm going to humble myself. Do y'all see that? I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to pray because we need your protection. And you know what happened? They traveled the most dangerous road on the planet in those days and they did not lose one piece of gold. Nothing. Nothing. It was miraculous. All right. So write this down. I'm not sure why this thing is hit and miss. It's not working for me. All right. Write this down. Fasting helps secure favor. Why fast? Fasting helps secure favor. You're like, what do you, what do you mean? Um, well, favor is where, it, it, there's several scriptures. One says, that it, it, it's talking about Jesus, and it says that he walked in favor with God and man. Right. He walked in favor. Um, and hopefully this will make sense. Nehemiah is actually one of my favorite stories. One of these days we're going to dig into that and, and do a whole series on it. Some great stuff. But Nehemiah was a slave. He was born as a slave. Um, and he was born to, uh, as a slave to an ungodly king. He grew up in the king's house serving this ungodly king. From the time he was born, he, he didn't know anything but that. And so decades before Nehemiah was even where he could understand what was going on, Jerusalem had been attacked and destroyed. The gates were broken, burned up. The walls were broken down. Jerusalem was a devastated city. It was gone as a city. And, and so that had happened decades before Nehemiah. But one day, Nehemiah's getting old enough. He understands what's going on around him. And he, he hears some guys come in to the king's house. And they're talking about how they've been to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem's a mess. It's still broken down. It's been over 20 years, and it's still a disaster. And it breaks Nehemiah's heart. That's the place of his forefathers. He knew that's where he came from. That's where his ancestors were. He knew that was the city of God. And, and so he began to fast. Matter of fact, look at this. It says this. When I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. For days I mourned and what? Oh, come on. I mourned and 
fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then you read from there down to verse 11, he actually, it's his prayer. And I think it's interesting. I think this may need to be some of our prayers. He prayed and repented for, for his sins. He prayed and repented for the sins of his ancestors. That's a whole nother message. He said, God, forgive my ancestors. Forgive my forefathers for dropping the ball. I don't know about you, but we need to pray that. Amen. Come on, right? Forgive them. Forgive, forgive them. And he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. And, and, and then at the end of his prayer, look what he said, verse 11 the end of the prayer. He says, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant, what? Success today by granting him, everybody say, favor in the presence of this king. He says, and I was just a cupbearer. He was a water boy for the king. Just a water boy. He held the cup of the king, took a sip, handed it to the king. If he didn't die, the king would drink. That was his job. He said, grant me favor. And it's so interesting because if you really dig it out, what he was going to ask the king to do was literally changed the king's foreign policy. He was asking the king to change his foreign policy. He was going to ask the king to give him what he needed so that he could go back and re rebuild Jerusalem. So that a water boy, a servant, <laughs> he would change everything for. And God granted him so much favor that the king said, you know what? I'm going to let you go. I believe it. You've served me well. I'm going to let you go. Matter of fact, I'm going to send a whole entourage with you to help you. And not only that, I'm going to give you all the supplies. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you support. I'm even going to give you the authority. I'm going to make this servant the governor over that whole region. How many of you know that's favor? Amen. Wouldn't you say that's favor? Right. I'm going to change my whole foreign policy for the water boy. It was his fasting and prayer that I believe and his serving the ungodly king that I believe opened the door. Amen. It opened the the door. And when it opened the door, the, the supernatural happened. It happened. You know, we saw that years ago before we bought this property. After the tornado, we had money. We were going to go build on some property, and we gave all that money away, helping people in the community. And then we heard they were going to be selling or auctioning off this property. And so we came in and uh, walked through it. And the first time I walked in, I had flashbacks of middle school. Like I went to school here and I had flashbacks. And I walked in and I literally, Don Kelly and there was a couple of others. We walked in and I was like, oh, Don, it still smells like middle school. I threw up there, and I threw up over here, and I remember throwing up over there, because how many of you love line drills? You got to love line drills, right? Uh, and we got to the auction, and before the auction, for about two weeks, there was a group of us that were fasting and praying. And the thing that we fasted and prayed for was for favor, for favor with everybody that would be connected to the auction Everybody that would be connected to how we were going to pay for this, 
everybody that would be connected. We just prayed for favor. And we got to the auction, and it was, we were sitting on bleachers that were right back there. And, and uh, the auction started out, there were a few people bidding, and uh, then it, it got to where there were just two of us bidding. It was me and, a, and, and another guy, and the, the, the bid just kept going up, going up and up. And, and, uh, and, and I look over and figure out the guy that's bidding against us is a multimillionaire, multimillionaire. And I remember thinking at first, I was like, oh, no, there's no way we're going to buy this. He's buying everything. There's no way we're going to buy. And then my faith rose up and I said, no, Lord, we've been praying for favor. Just, we just need your favor. That's all. And I'll never forget, because the gentleman was down here. He looked down the row of all these people. He looked down the row and he saw us and he stopped bidding. And we bought this entire property for $150,000 which is unheard of. God gave us favor. And you know what's interesting? After the man came up to me, he said, when I realized who I was bidding against, I stopped because I don't want to bid against God. And he's not a believer. He's not a Christian. But he was like, no, not going to go there. You know, God gave us favor. And you know what? God still gives us favor with that same man. Favor, favor with God. It is important. And I'm telling you, there's story after story in the scripture where fasting and prayer open the door for favor. For favor. You're like, what do you, what, what do you mean? Well, where do you need favor? Where do you need favor? Think about it. Do you need favor with a boss? Do you need favor with a family member? Do you need favor maybe with a teacher or professor? Or do you need favor as you're stepping out in the next season? What is it? I'm telling you, fasting and prayer will make a difference. It will make a difference. little side note, I wasn't going to put this in, but this is for somebody. This will be the whole message for somebody. That for Nehemiah... It was through fasting and praying and faithfully serving an ungodly king that opened the door to fix what had been broken for decades. Nehemiah ultimately goes back and in 52 days restores the walls of the city. Unbelievable. It was a miracle all on its own. So... Think about this. What had become normal brokenness, it had been broken for over 20 years, began to change through prayer and fasting. And I just as I was thinking about this and praying about this, what in your life is broken that you've just gotten used to? It's just become the norm. It's just the way I am. It's just the way it is. It's the way my marriage will always be. It's the way this relationship will ever be. It's the way my finances will always be. And you have accepted what was broken as normal. And I'm going to tell you, for somebody, the key is going to be fasting and praying And listening to what the Holy Spirit says that's going to fix those things that have been broken for decades. I don't know who that's for. Like I said, that wasn't even in my original notes, and I added it because I just believe that is true. Amen? That's right. Fasting helps us know God's will. Anybody want to know God's will? Or do you just want to do your own thing? And get what you get, (laughs) right? Right? You want to know God's will? You want to know his plan for 2023? Anybody want to know that? Yeah. (laughs) God, I just need to know your plan. Because see, when it's his plan, it's blessed already. 
right? We so often just say, God, I, I want you to bless my plan, <laughs> right? God, I got this plan. I just want you to bless it. Uh, how many of you know it's a lot better to say, God, what's your plan? I'm going to jump into that because that's already blessed. Amen. That's already good. It's already what it's supposed to be. It really is. Well, I, I, want, I want you to know that, that fasting can open the door to knowing God's will and to knowing what the next steps are. In Acts, uh, it's the first church, right? In the book of Acts, I want you to see this. While they were, everybody say worshiping. Oh, come on. Y'all aren't checking out on me yet. You're like, yeah, my belly's hungry and I got a headache, okay? That's awesome. All right, so while they were what? Worshiping the Lord and have you ever thought about worshiping and fasting going together? That's cool. You know what? In some ways, I'm not so sure that fasting cannot be worship. Y'all just think about that, right? All right. So while they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit, hmm. the Holy Spirit spoke when they were worshiping and fasting. The Holy Spirit spoke and he told them what the next step was. He said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. I've set them apart. And then he goes, the very next verse says, so after they had what? <laughs> then they started praying with their worship and fasting. They placed their hands on them and sent them out. It was while they were worshiping and fasting that the Holy Spirit spoke. If you've never heard God speak, start fasting. Amen. Come on. You're like, I don't know that I've ever heard God talk to me. Start fasting. Start worshiping. Start praying. I promise you it will change things. Amen. It will. Um, I, I, I mean, just so many things in our world we need to hear God's voice about. Amen? We really, really, really do. And the Holy Spirit showed up while they were worshiping and what? And fasting. Are y'all still with me? Yeah. I know it's a lot. We're just hitting some highlights. Write this down. Fasting helps tune out the unnecessary voices so we can hear the voice that really matters. Amen? It helps tune out all of the unnecessary voices so that we can hear the voice that really, really matters. So fast, worship, pray, all right, all right, write this down. Why fast? Well, because fasting gives power to break demonic strongholds. Did y'all know the enemy is still at work? <laughs> he hadn't stopped. He's ramping up. He really, really is. And fasting gives power to break demonic strongholds. Amen. There's so many scriptures about that. I encourage you to go dig it out. But the, most, the one that we think of most is in Mark 9. And uh, there was this man who had a son that, was, uh, that had a demonic spirit. All right? And that demonic spirit um, would actually cause this young man to have epileptic seizures. Um, that's what the scripture says. Now, I want to say this. Not all epilepsy is demonic spirits. Okay, are y'all hearing me? Not all epilepsy is demonic spirits. But 
I think we've swung the pendulum too far that way because the truth is you read it for yourself that one third of all the medical conditions that Jesus healed people from, one third of all of those, let me say it again, one third of all the medical conditions that Jesus healed people from, a third of those were demonically influenced. The truth is, he attacks medically. He does. He does. And there was a demonic spirit behind this guy's, the son's, medical condition. And again, not all medical conditions does that fit. Okay? It was only a third. That means two-thirds were just medical problems. Right? But a third of them. So don't discount that. Don't discount that. Okay? So here, here they were. Um, the enemy had attacked this young man with a demonic spirit. He would go into epileptic seizures. Um, and, and the man's dad or the young man's dad brought the young boy to the disciples. Now, you got to understand, the disciples have been praying over people, healing people with the prayer of faith all day long. They were seeing supernatural people, blind people, seeing lame people getting up that have never walked. They're seeing all of these things happen, and it's the disciples that are praying for people, and they're seeing all these healings happen. And so the, young, the, the, the man brings his son going, hey, these guys are praying over people. They're getting healed, so I'm going to take my boy so they'll pray over him and he'll get healed. And they prayed over him and nothing happened. Jesus comes down. He had been up on the mountain. He comes down and he just prays for the boy and the boy is healed. Now, you got to understand, Jesus has just come from the Mount of Transfiguration, right? So, so he had been fasting and spending time with the Father, uh, all right? He walks in and just abstractly, just like, well, praise for the boy. The boy's healed. The demon's gone. No more epilepsy. No more problems. Things are good. And the disciples are going, okay, what just happened? We've been praying for people for days now. And everybody we pray for, they're all getting healed. We're seeing the miraculous. We're praying the prayer of faith. But with this one, it didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? So they go to Jesus and say, Jesus, it's been working on everything. What you've taught us about faith and what you've taught us about your name and what you've taught We're seeing the Holy Spirit do this powerful stuff. Why didn't that work? And here's what Jesus said to them. This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and, oh, come on, prayer and fasting. It ups the game. It's not just prayer. It's not just the prayer of faith. It is fasting. It's humbling yourself, seeking the Lord, letting him fill you. Jesus just spent time with the Father. He walks in. He's been fasting, praying, you know, that whole, I mean, read that story. That was pretty amazing. And then he walks in. It was no big deal. Demonic spirits ran. They ran. And can I just tell you, I believe there is some things in our lives, some things in my life that are only going to change through prayer and fasting Amen. because they could have a demonic undertone. They could. They could have the enemy at work where maybe as we talked about months ago where we've believed the lie 
And what we thought was true was really just a lie. I believe that fasting and prayer helps break the power of the enemy over sickness, over addiction, over unforgiveness, over anxiety, over that reoccurring sin that you just can't seem to break. Come on, y'all. I believe fasting and prayer is a key. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Right. Aren't y'all glad you came today? (laughs) I know. This is, yeah. Write this down. Fasting prepares us for new seasons. Fasting and prayer, it prepares us for new seasons of life. Moses fasted for 40 days before giving the law. Jesus fasted 40 days before starting his public ministry with all the miraculous. Paul fasted when he first became a believer and started following Jesus. He fasted before he started walking with Jesus. I think that's interesting. Then Paul fasted, it's recorded, he fasted before each one of his missionary journeys where he was planting churches. Every new season of of life, fast. I just know that that is true. So when's a good time to fast? Before you go back to school, fast. Right? If you're starting a new job, great time to fast. It really is. If you're thinking about getting married, great time to fast. Come on. You better fast and pray. Right? You better. If you're you're thinking about starting a family, great time to fast. Thinking about buying something major, critical, fast, pray. Do you know he's the best economist in the world? He understands. Before you make any big move, fast and pray. Any new season is a great time to fast. And when we are fasting and praying before going into that next season, again, what we're saying is, God, I don't want you to bless my plans. Can y'all pray that? God, I don't want you to bless my plans. I want to know your plans. Because I know they're already blessed. Come on. Anybody ever prayed, God, I don't want you to bless my plans. Don't bless mine. Let let me walk in yours. Because they blessed. And they're good. Come on. Right? They are. They are. So, so true. All right. So, the last fill in. We're almost there. Are y'all... I'm only giving you a few. You probably didn't realize how much fasting is part of the scripture from the beginning all the way to the end. And we've kind of in our culture, we don't talk much about it. And I'm wondering if that's why we just don't walk in power like we should. It's because we just think we got it. Yeah. Fasting prepares us for those new seasons. Fasting makes us more aware of Emmanuel, God with us. Right? Fasting makes us, do y'all know the God of the universe is in this room? The one that pushed the mountains up with his fingers are in this room. The one that that said, if you saw the front of me, you would die, is in this room. The one that the psalmist said, pushed the mountains up with his fingers, is in this room. Come on. The one that literally, the psalmist says, that when he opened his mouth on the day of creation, that that literally planets came flying out of his mouth. (laughs) That God is in the room. And the reason we're not on our face right now, I'm talking to me. 
The reason we're not on our face right now, totally blown away, afraid to open our eyes that we might die, is because all of the junk of this world is frosted the glass. And we really don't see him for who he is. He's here. He's here. And fasting and prayer and worship starts to clean the glass. So we can see. So we're in awe again. Of who he is. So we are aware. We're not on our face because we're really not aware that big a deal. Just not. Fasting helps us be more aware that God is with us. Don't... Don't you want to see God's presence at work at your house? He's there. Brother Bill used to always say, I know he's here because I brought him with me. Right? He's with me. Don't you want to be more aware of his presence in your marriage? More aware of his presence with your kids at school, come on, right? More and more aware of his presence. I want to experience him more and more and more. Isaiah 58, the entire chapter is all about fasting. You should read it, all right? It's all about fasting and prayer. I want to read one scripture and look at what he says. He says, then, he's talking about you do your thing. You, you fast, you pray, seek him, all that. He says, then light will break forth like the dawn. It's been really, really dark. How many of you know it's kind of dark in some places around here? Y'all know that? It's kind of dark. We can either complain about it or we can do something about it. Oh, come on. Right? Right? So, so then your light is going to break in the middle of the dark. It's going to come forth. God, your, your light's going to come forth like the dawn. Your healing will what? Oh, come on. Will what? Quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear Guard. God's talking to him. He said, then you will call and the Lord will what? He's going to answer. You will cry for help and he will say, I love this. Here I am. I'm here. I'm here. I've been here the whole time. You just got to be aware. I am. I'm here. I'm here. Hmm. I want these things that we've talked about. I want it for you. I want it so bad that I hope you're miserable this week. Amen. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, the crossing, we get, we get a bad rap in the community because it's always feel-good messages. So there you go. Um, uh, I'm begging you. Finish the fast with us. Don't give up. If you drop the ball, just pick it back up. Keep going. Some of you might have been thinking, you may be thinking, yeah, but I've been fasting. And I'm not seeing any of that stuff yet. You know what, Daniel? He's kind of one of those guys that fasted often. 
But there's a story in Daniel where he fasted for 21 days and nothing happened. Nothing happened. During the whole 21 days, nothing happened. But three days after he ended the fast, an angel showed up. And the angel showed up and he said, God sees you. And you're the man in his eyes. That's not really what he said. Matter of fact, what he said was, God sees you. And you are highly exalted. You are highly favored in God's eyes. You stuck with it. And God sees you as, you're my boy. And you are favored in my eyes. Matter of fact, because he would fast and pray and he stuck with it. That fast and that prayer, listen to me right here. Don't miss this. It opened the door for a young man named Daniel to be a godly influence and literally speak the word of God to three different ungodly kings and literally to be a part of changing the heart of Babylon, which was the most corrupt culture to ever be on the planet. That's what Revelation calls it. If we desire to be change makers in a corrupt world, <laughs> fasting and prayer, I believe, is a key. Come on. Amen. It's a key. It's a must. <laughs> so if you don't think anything is happening, if you're like, God, where are you? I am just hungry. I got a headache and I'm a little bit grouchy. <laughs> Stick with it. Amen. God sees you. Amen. He sees you. He sees you. And I promise you're not going to regret it. Amen. Not one person in here is going to regret fasting for the next two weeks. It's not going to happen. I promise. And here's why I know that. Do y'all believe that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Yes. Oh, come on. Do you really believe that? Yes. Then y'all know the word of God here is the same truth for today. Oh, come on. Not nearly as many of you said yes. It's the same truth. Come on. It's the same God. So here's what I know to be true. That today, if we pray and fast, prayer and fasting humbles me. It's the truth today, just like in the scripture. That prayer and fasting today can bring favor with God and man. Do y'all believe that? That today, prayer and fasting can fix broken things that have been broken for decades. Come on. Amen. Right? Yes. He's the same God. That through prayer and fasting today, it will help me to hear God's will and hear His voice. Amen? Amen. Through prayer and fasting today, it can give us power over the enemy's lies and his strongholds. Amen. Amen, yeah. That today, prayer and fasting can prepare me for the next season that God has. Amen? Uh, and the most exciting to me is that it really makes me more aware of his presence. So here's what I want you to do. The worship team's going to sing a song. I don't want you singing it. 
They're going to sing a part of a song. I don't want you standing or anything just yet. I want you to take the time while they're singing this part of a song. And on your notes, I believe you have some lines. It says, why fast? Write at least one of those. What, what is it that you really, really, why fast? Write just one of those that fits where you are. Man, I'd love to be more aware of his presence. Man, you know what? I got this thing going on. I really need God's favor. I really do. What is it? What is it? I just want to hear his voice. Man, I've got this stronghold. I've got this sin that just keeps coming back. Come on, write it, write it down. Take a moment, spend a moment with the Holy Spirit as they sing.